Allen. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. And Stan, what the hell? It is so uh, hot in here. I cannot. I'm, I'm gone we're getting for weird. a short time. I'm gone for a short time. And everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you're back. I think they're actually working on it now that they know you showed up. But oh. here, I, I kind of feel bad, too, because I was working on something here. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I have my fan on. Oh. I'm going to crank it up on high. <laughs> it's so hot in here, everyone. Our air conditioning is out, so... yeah. <laughs> oh, there, I feel so much better yeah. now. So much yeah. better. Uh, good Saturday afternoon, everyone. This glorious day outside, and it's hotter than heck inside here. So, you know what? Being the radio professionals that we are, yes, we will tough it out. I have a fabulous show planned for you today. We're going to talk about President... Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, he's qualified. We're going to have Jim Newberger, who's running for Minnesota Senate against Amy Klobuchar, join us to talk about the chaotic Democrat opposition strategy to try to prevent this uh, confirmation. Well, good luck, Democrats. Good luck to that. I got a bunch of stuff that happened out at the fair that I want to bring you up to speed on. Uh, what we learned from the candidates. We'll talk about the survey results from the House and the Senate. And the big questions about the no November elections, including two big ones, two big ones. Where is Tim Pawlenty? Where is Tim Pawlenty? The loser promised us he'd be out there to help once uh, once the primary was over. And, of course, nobody's seen hide nor hair at Tim Pawlenty anywhere. And second of all, what's up with Keith, Ellis- Keith Ellison getting a Me Too pass? Not only did the DNC... The Democrat Party in Minnesota, not only did the individual candidates who are on the various tickets here in Minnesota, they all promised they'd get down to this. And it looks like Keith Ellison's just going to walk away with being a domestic abuser. Just walk away. Shame on you, Democrats. Shame on you. Uh, also, local politicians are busy doing more stupid stuff. It's just absolutely incredible. And it's just a very good reminder that local elections matter, too. Plus, coming up in the second hour, uh, the children are going back to school. They're going back to too many failing schools. It's an embarrassment. In Minnesota, we should be ashamed of ourselves for sending more kids back into these failing schools, especially in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Why would anyone, why would anyone trust the Democrats to educate our children? It's absolutely beyond me. I've been spending a lot of time out door knocking. I've been helping uh, my neighbor and my friend who's running to be a member of the House of Representatives uh, in the New Brighton, Fridley, and a little bit of Spring Lake Park area. And we've had a lot of fun out and about. Well, Sue Erickson was out knocking doors today, and she came across three guys in Fridley who said they listened to the show. So, hey, you three guys in Fridley, hello. Yeah, I'd be happy to come over and meet with you and talk to you. How about if you three guys come out door knocking with us it's really fun we actually had one guy who took sue's flyer susan's flyer and tore it up and threw it up in the air well hey loser you got to pick that that mess up now uh but you know what most people that you talk to they are so great we are having such a terrific response not only for susan erickson running for house of representatives in Fridley, the north half of New Brighton, and the little part of Spring Lake Park, but for all the candidates up and down the tickets. And we don't just go to the so-called Republican houses. We go to every house, which means we talk to Democrats, too. And I got to say, people are really, really, really excited about this upcoming race, and they're not excited about Democrats. 
Uh, I also have to give a big shout out to John Gilmore. Thank you so much for filling in for me last week, John Gilmore. You know, Stan, listen to this. Okay, so I have the week off. I'm doing this stuff with my family. I get into my car. I say, oh, look, my show's on. Let's tune in to John Gilmore and see what John's talking about. (laughs) I tune in. Followed up, I'm guessing. (laughs) I tune in at the exact time Vincent from St. Paul (laughs) is just yelling at him. And I just, I started laughing. And first of all, I want to make it clear john gilmore has never disrespected vets ever and i've known the man for years and years and years and years um and second of all what a great segment he had on on the whole uh john mccain funeral spectacle which was unbelievable i'm very thankful that that week-long batch of memorials is sad and i think john gilmore summed it up quite nicely when he said the country was forced to endure an extravagant display of the uniparty's self-regard and of the media's boundless dishonesty when everyone who represents everything that's wrong with america gathered in in the National Cathedral for funeral services for John McCain. Suddenly, politicians and news outlets joined together in a repulsive, over-the-top, thoroughly embarrassing display of propaganda regarding a military hero and a political cretin. There's, there was to be no dissent because the occasion was weaponized to, to disparage Donald Trump. And that's exactly right. CNN even followed up and said John McCain's funeral was a call to arms against Donald Trump. And, you know, I thought of another thing, too. Who uninvites someone to your funeral? I mean, who does that, Stan? So they, so Sarah Palin's not invited. Donald Trump is not invited. You know, remember, Obama was invited to Justice Scalia's I don't know, funeral. I always consider it a blessing if you're not invited to a funeral because then you haven't <laughs> had a loss in your family. But. Well, Obama was invited to Justice Scalia's funeral, and he played golf instead, and the media didn't say a peep. And all the living presidents were invited to Billy Graham's funeral, and only President Trump was silent. And what is up with George Bush? George Bush is silent through eight years of the worst president ever. Yeah, that's Barack Obama. Uh-huh. Ever. And all of a sudden, he comes out and starts taking shots at shots at Trump. All I can say is thank God that disaster is open. And thank you, John Gilmore, for talking about it. All right. Um, the big thing this week was the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. Four days. What a spectacle it was. Jim Newberger's running against Amy Klobuchar. And Amy Klobuchar sits on the Judiciary Committee. And you might remember that Amy was the one who embarrassed us by asking us uh, when Justice Kagan was having her her uh, confirmation hearings if um, Justice Kagan was on Team Edward or Team Jacob, you know, the vampire thing. So here you got Amy Klobuchar, who's saying this hearing does a disservice to the American people. And at the same time, Amy Klobuchar embarrassed us by asking a, asking a candidate about vampires. This whole thing has been absolutely crazy. And the bottom line is, yes, Justice Kavanaugh is qualified. He is qualified. Uh, Jim Newberg Berger's going to join us now. He's running for Minnesota Senate. He's running against Amy Klobuchar. Hi, Jim Newberger. Welcome. Hey, Sue. How are you? I am awesome. Jim Newberger, everybody keeps trying to tell me you have an uphill battle against Amy Klobuchar. I say nonsense. I say nonsense. You're gaining on her. People are tired of it. They want something different. What are you hearing out on the campaign trail? 
Oh, it's it's been a remarkable week, Sue. Um, the momentum that we have gained in this last week has just you can we can measure it. It has gone so well. There's been a huge swing. Uh, Senator Klobuchar has really showed her true colors at these hearings. I mean, right from the get-go uh, on day one, within minutes, she was one of these people that that called for a motion to adjourn, and the whole thing just went downhill from there. Now, as you know. And your listeners know I've been a state representative for six years, and I've I've been in countless committee hearings, and some got pretty, some have gotten pretty uh, out of hand, you know, with the gun hearings and such. But I have never, never in six years seen anything that has been so uh, such a circus, such a zoo, such a just a charade as these nomination hearings uh, that they've been having. This this whole process, the way that the Democrats were acting the way they were trying to disrupt it. I mean, there were 63, MPR counted 63 interruptions by the Democrats before lunch on day one. 63. You know, this is just our do-nothing senator. Our do-nothing senator, Amy Klobuchar, showed her true colors by doing nothing for Minnesota. When this whole process started two months ago, when we had the retirement and then everything was moving forward, she said right out of the chute, she said, well, I'm not going to support this. We need to wait till after the midterm elections. And she has not given any, any indication of supporting or even giving, uh, giving any listening to this. At NPR, when, I, when we parachuted into enemy territory at the state fair and did really good, <laughs> and I, uh, I, I debated her, um, even there she said, you know, um, I don't support Kavanaugh. I don't support this guy. And my thought was, you know what, you are, our, you're supposed to, you are supposed to be our U.S. senator. You're supposed to represent all of Minnesota. The least you can do is keep your mouth shut, go to the committee hearing, and, it, and, and weigh, weigh the testimony to find out whether or not this is the right thing for Minnesota. One would All expect that, things. Jim, wouldn't you? One yeah. would expect that. We have to take a quick break here. Can you hold on? And when we come back, I want to talk oh, yeah. more about Justice Kavanaugh, and I want to talk about more about that debate because you, you dropped into enemy territory at NPR, <laughs> and you ate Amy Klobuchar for lunch. And I heard people saying she was visibly shook up. She was really disoriented and just didn't know what to do. So way to make us proud, Jim. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear more from uh, Representative Jim Newberger, what he thinks about the nomination, Brett Kavanaugh for the next Supreme Court justice, and a little bit more about his debate on on NPR with Amy Klobuchar. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Seeing the Democrats' behavior uh, this past four days during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings is a very clear example of why you should not vote for Democrats. You have Democrats who are so opposed to Kavanaugh with such conviction. They didn't even take the time or courtesy to meet with him. This is just unbelievable, unprecedented obstruction. And you know what? They're depriving us, the, the American people, of the opportunity to hear about him being qualified. He is qualified. Uh, the uh, their their objections to Justice Kavanaugh's character or qualifications are, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Do you know yesterday, uh, Democrat Senator Camelia Harris referred to um, 
uh, Brett Kavanaugh's pocket constitution as that book you carry. That's how she referred to our constitution. This is a woman that there's talk about her being the next candidate to, for a Democrat uh, to run against Trump in 2020. Absolutely unbelievable. Jim Newberger, who's running against Amy Klobuchar, another name that's thrown out there as a possible candidate for president in 2020. God help us. Uh, Jim Newberger putting up a valiant fight. But isn't this isn't it just absolutely unbelievable to look to watch these confirmation hearings and see what an embarrassment the, the Democrats have become during these confirmation oh, ab- hearings? Absolutely, Sue. And, and as we were talking before the break here, um, I've been in uh, countless committee hearings in the Minnesota House. And what we saw take place here in the U.S. Senate, uh, that is, I have never seen anything go uh, so out of control like that. They, they knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to disrupt the entire process because Senator Klobuchar, again, she's a do-nothing senator, and she has, um, in, I am convinced, and, and as I've traveled the state, Sue, for the last year now, and I'm hearing this everywhere I go, um, she has one agenda and one only, and this is, this is from a year of, of, of talking to people around the state, this is what I've concluded, that she wants to impeach our president, period. And, folks, you know, it, whether they like Donald Trump or not, that's, that's irrelevant. What's, the point is we have made so much progress in the last two years in impeaching our president. If you don't stand with our president, and what you're saying is, is that all of the progress that we have made as a nation in the last two years, you want to flush that away and you want to go back to the old Obama malaise because that's what she's fighting for. I, it, it's just unbelievable. And I'll tell you, I listened to her talk, Jim, and she says nothing. She says absolutely nothing. She was on, oh, I don't know, one of the political talk shows, not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, and she asked about was the new uh, was the nuclear option, uh, you know, with the um, the judiciary committee and the filibuster and all that. And when Harry Reid said he invoked what was called the nuclear option to get around Republicans blocking mm-hmm. President Obama's judicial nominees. Her, her words of wisdom were, maybe the nuclear option wasn't the best strategy. It's like, you know, really? So, really, Amy? It, really? And she, did, and she did the same thing um, when, it, when, there was the, uh, was when Obama cut the deal with Iran to get them uh, the ability to develop nuclear weapons. She supported that. And the Jewish community here in Minnesota and around the country, but especially here in Minnesota, uh, was very upset by that. She threw them under the bus. And when I, when I debated her at, uh, at the NPR debate, um, I brought that up. I said, you know what, um, this was a deal that was cut where they, they, dr- they dropped a plane into Iran. They, dro- they pushed off pallets full of cash and 2,500 blank U.S. Uh, citizenship certificates for the Iranians to fill in any names they wanted, and who knows what they're going to do with those. And they enabled Iran, who said that, who has said time and time again as a government, that they want to wipe Israel off the face of the planet. They want to eradicate Israel. And her response was, you know, I, I know I supported that. Uh, some people didn't like the decision, but, you know, some people did. And, and, you know, I guess that's just how that went. I mean, I'm paraphrasing <laughs> her there. And my response is, is this. Israel has been our best friend in the Middle East since day one. And the annihilation of Israel is unacceptable, period. And, but to her, it was, it was just, well, I guess that's your opinion. 
That is our current U.S. Senator. That is how she is uh, conducting herself. That is how she is representing you and I and all of us, all the rest of us, five and a half million Minnesotans in the U.S. Senate. And it's time to change that. She's been there too long. We've got to get rid of her. I am so happy. I think you're the yeah, 12 years. That's 11 and a half years too long. Uh, mm-hmm. Get this, Jim. Get this, Jim Newberger. In uh, in light of the the Garland not getting appointed as a Supreme Court justice, the Democrats believe that seat was stolen, which, of course, Gorsuch took. Um, and they said, together with the events of the confirmation hearing on Brett Kavanaugh and the hiding of documents, which is sheer ridiculousness, they now believe, Democrats now believe, that the court must be expanded to 11 seats after 2020. No. See, that, that, that's just, I mean, first of all, it's not going to happen. But second of all, that's, again, that's just part of their obstructionist dialogue that they want to keep pushing forward. Um, they, they will not be happy until they're in total control. And this whole, this whole argument about not having enough documents, there's two things that are, that are really important to remember. Number one, Justice Kavanaugh, or Judge Kavanaugh, he had um, written public opinions on over 300 cases that he saw personally, that he saw that was part of the public record. His job performance has been out there for years at any time. Right. They could have looked at any over 300 cases to make determinations, but they said, no, we want these, these um, documents from the Bush years. And some of those documents, as you know, uh, were, were, they were state secrets. These were top secret. Uh, they were classified. They were not to be released. They were for Senate members only. And Senator Booker, when he came out and said, you know, we, we, you know, we need to release this and sh- release these documents. Senator Klobuchar supported him publicly. You know, that's a violation of the Senate rules, which says you can be removed from the Senate for doing that. Now, Excellent. Let's, Booker, rem- let's remove them, Jim. Let's remove oh, them. Absolutely. No, she, she either knew, because some people have come back and said, well, they had permission the night before to do that. My point is, is that if they had permission the night before, then they lied to the. Then they were lying to the public when they said that they didn't. Right. So right. they either didn't know and they were willing to break the rules, or they lied about it and they postured themselves to break the rules. But either way, this is the game that they're playing. And, and Sue, there is a red tsunami that is coming to Minnesota. And all I got to say is, is grab a surfboard. Get on board with me because we're going to have a great time. I'm on board, Jim. I'm on board. And I, I honestly, I think you are the sleeper race. I, I, I think I think we're going to have a lot of Republican wins in November. But I think you are the sleeper race that people aren't paying attention to. And I think you have what it takes to take her out. But I want to ask you a couple other questions here now, Jim Newberger. Um, there, as you're out on the campaign trail, what are the top two or three issues that people want to talk to you about? What are well, the I biggest? Number things? one, that uh, depending on where we go, but number one, of course, would be the uh, would be the tariffs and, and, and the, the repercussions we've had with agriculture. Uh, we and our President Trump is is moving forward with cutting new deals to make sure that we don't repeat our farm crisis. But another big issue is refugee resettlement reform. We have to shut the program down because we are bringing some. Some people are being brought into communities that have no say in the matter. Some of these people do not want to live under American law. They want to live under a different form of law, a form of law that says women are property. I don't think that that's acceptable at all. And what we need to do is we need to shut down the program and fix it, make sure that the people that are coming here um, are coming here to live under our law, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you're from. 
If you're going to come here, come here to live under our law. If you can do that, you're just as American as anyone else. But right now there are some that are coming here that have no intention of living under our law, and Senator Klobuchar has rolled out the red carpet for that. You know, the other part that bothers me about that, too, is the Senate just this past week was voting on an opioid package, and not once did they acknowledge what they've done to legitimate uh, pain patients. They just ignore the real problem, the true problem, the biggest problem, which is illicit drugs coming across the open borders. It's it's just unbelievable. That is, is, build the wall, finish building the wall. I know that there's been been some uh, push towards getting this thing done, but we've got to finish we got to build this wall. we got to secure our borders. And, you know, I support legal immigration. Do this legally. Uh, but when we're bringing people and we have people that are here illegally, when we have refugees that are being brought into, uh, into communities that have no say, there's a, there's a large financial burden. And also there's a, there's a very measurable security risk. Mm-hmm. We've got to do something about that. Yep. And Senator Klobuchar is doing nothing. This past oh, wait, week. She does, she does support she does support Keith Allison oh, right. and Al Franken. Right. Both of them. She does support yeah. them. Yeah. Um this past week Amy Klobuchar was on Meet the Press. She said that there's a serious obstacle to bipartisanship in Washington. And I quote When people are afraid of pissing off President Trump so they won't come over and work with us, this is a problem. People are going to have to rise to the occasion. Why won't Amy Klobuchar work with President Trump. Yeah, it's called. Uh, I mean, it's the old. It's the old saying: uh, people who live in glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Newberger. Jim Newberger. How can people get involved with your campaign? How can they help you besides sending boatloads of money your way? <laughs> that, um, just go to my website, Sue. It's Jim for F O R U S Senate dot com. Jim for U S Senate dot com. Um, we are. We have gained so much ground in the last month. It's going. So well, Sue. Minnesota is ready to turn red, and we are going to take this all the way down to 801 on election night. Uh, We are going to run this. uh, We are going to run it right into the ground. It's going to go so good. We are so pumped up and excited about this. I cannot tell you. I am, too, and I'll do anything I can to help you, Jim, and you know you're always welcome on my show. Love to. Thanks, Sue. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jim Newberger. Take care now. Uh, Jim Newberger running against Amy Klobuchar. Wow. Wouldn't he be a thousand times better than Amy Klobuchar? Oh, my gosh. I saw Amy Klobuchar on on one of the morning shows last week, or maybe it was the Sunday before that. It was really, really what what an embarrassment. And I think Jim honestly understands, like, like all of our candidates, we have such a good batch of candidates who are running this year. Uh, they understand that they are representatives for all of us, not just Democrats, not just re- Republicans. They understand that this is about the consent of the gover- governed, not just ramming stuff down our throats, which drives me absolutely crazy. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there are some events coming up in the next two or three weeks. I want to tell you about them. I'm hoping you'll be able to join uh, to join them. And then we'll get into some of the things we learned out at the state fair. We were not out at the state fair, uh, but boy, did we learn a lot of information. Stay tuned, folks. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and Twin Cities News Talk. I think it's cooling down. I think it's cooling down. Here. Yeah. Thank God you're gone after this show. I can just do my show in my underwear. Nobody will be around. <laughs>
So <laughs> let that sink in a little bit, folks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that picture. I didn't need <laughs> Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I got to say, it is cooling down in here. I, I, yeah, Okay, it's still hotter than outside, but it's, it's cooling down in here. Okay, we were talking a little bit about the... Uh, United States Supreme Court and the Supreme Court released their argument calendar for its November sitting, which begins on Monday, October 29th. During the six days of the November sitting, the justices will hear oral arguments in 12 different cases. Uh, and I'll keep you updated as this goes along. They'll keep adding more and more, of course. Uh, so far, it involves topics that range from the proper method of service for a foreign country to preemption by the atomic energy act and lots more so it's going to prove to be another super interesting interesting uh suggestion and what i want people to remember too is if the democrats win uh which i don't think they'll take the majority in the house or or the u.s house or the u.s senate either in washington dc or here in minnesota but i think something that you really have to think about is if the democrats do take control in dc the idea that they want to expand the court to 11 11 seats is extremely troubling very very troubling and something that you should definitely think about uh if you want to weigh in on anything we're talking about 651-989-5855 651-989-5855 lawrence you're first up high Hi, Lawrence. Welcome. Well, hello. How so, are you doing? The most into I'm doing wonderful. Bicycle, bicycling mm-hmm. today, and I'm going to rely on you to get <laughs> me home. You so, bicycle every day while you're listening to us. If it's nice outside, I'm out here. <laughs> Good. So, um, and it was either the first or the second day, uh, one of the Republican senators said that uh, Kavanaugh either had 300 or 3,000, I thought it was 3,000, might have been 300 cases that he wrote the majority on, that he was with the majority 97.3% of the time, and that he's had 13 cases that have gone up to the Supreme Court. Of those 13, the Supreme Court agreed with 12. Hmm. I'm sitting there just trying to take the emotion out of all this discussion. Right, and you're listening, and you're listening to people try to paint this guy as a radical. And I guess the makeup of the D.C. Circuit is mostly Democrat. It's a combination too, but mostly Democrat. So he's got a mixture of politics on the bench, political left, political right. But he's voting 97.3 percent with his peers, and it's just the hypocrisy of saying this is a radical when 97.3 percent of the time you're in agreement with him, and then to say you've had 12 cases accepted by the Supreme Court and one rejected kind of tells you quantitatively that this guy has some qualifications. You know, of all the grandstanding the Democrats did, of all the ridiculous nonsense that we saw last week they never once addressed his his qualifications or it was all gotcha 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 it was their strategy to disrupt and it was really a huge disservice to the american people we expect better and we deserve better i thought it was real tacky and i think it's very tacky when you phrase a question so closed that if you don't give me the exact answer that i want Right. You're you're ridiculous. And, and that happened time and, and time and, and time. time and time and time again. Yeah, yeah. it was just crazy, Go wasn't back and it? See if you can listen to the I think it was the first day when the Republican senator from Nebraska talked about the fact that Congress and he was talking about his peers 
um, have been so derelict in their duties to craft legislation uh, without passing it on to administrators. But that's why judges have so been engaged in trying to interpret what Congress hasn't to do, uh, isn't doing their job. I thought that was really insightful. Mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your comments as always, Lawrence. I think it's really important to note too when uh, and and I think we all know Kavanaugh will be seated, and I think you will see a larger push of things going back to the states, which is exactly what we need. All right. So you guys know we have great guests on this show. Sometimes not very many because I don't like a lot of the people. I'd rather uh, talk myself. But one person that I invite all the time is Twyla Bray's Citizens Council for Health Freedom. I keep telling you she's the smartest woman I know. I hope you watched her on Fox News last night. Uh, she just did a teeny tiny segment about electronic uh, medical records, which are a disaster. She has her fabulous new book out, uh, Big Brother in the Exam Room, which I want everybody to go and buy. And I encourage people to support Citizens Council for Health Freedom uh, every opportunity that you can because they do such tremendous work. Next week, Matt Flanders, who was on with us maybe, gosh, six months ago now, uh, he does a lot of work over at the Capitol here in Minnesota. He's going to come on and give us some updates that are troubling. Uh, no good news on, on that front. Uh, but the Citizens Council for Health Freedom is having their annual fundraising dinner. It's coming up, up on Thursday, September 27th. The MC is Bob Davis. I love Bob Davis. That alone makes it worth the price. Uh, and, and I know... Um, the price increases to attend this on Monday. So, in other words, buy your ticket for this this weekend. Uh, the guest speaker is Kevin Smith. He's a doctor. He's a pioneer in free market medicine. He's the founder of the Free Market Medical Association. And he's this, the co-founder, CEO, and medical director of the Cash-Based Surgery Center in Oklahoma. He's This is an incredible story this guy has to tell. You aren't going to want to miss it. So go to Citizens Council for Health Freedom, and hopefully uh, I'll see you there because I'm going just, well, A, because I would I, I love every opportunity to help and support Citizens Council for Health Freedom uh, and, and Twyla and, well, the whole organization, and I love Bob Davis too. So get over to uh, citizenscouncilforhealthfreedom.org, sign up, and I'll see you there. Also coming up next week, uh, do you remember when I got all excited about um, our our Supreme Court victory uh, like last June. Well, there was another big victory last June as well, and that was the Janus case. And it was funny. We just had Labor Day a, a week ago. Not Union Day, folks. It was Labor Day. Uh, and of course, the Supreme Court ruled on Janus, and they and and they said, you know what? Guess what? You you don't get to uh, you don't get to force members to to pay the paid dues for something that they might want may, might not want to uh in Minnesota did you know we have 196,000 public sector employees who are covered by a union contract that is absolutely unbelievable well there's a website out there for teachers uh just for teachers and it's called www.educate 
teachersmn.com. And teachers, it's just for you. It will help you uh, figure out how to buy your own liability coverage, how you really don't need the union, and you should be able to keep that those dues in your pocket instead of forking them over to the union. Uh, and the American Experiment is also having a special luncheon, and this is Monday, September 17th. It's at the Hilton in, sadly, downtown Minneapolis. But it's a celebration of Janice V. Asme, and I will be at that one. I want you guys to go to it, too. Uh, Re- Rebecca Friedrich, remember, was the first woman who sued over um, over. Uh, union dues went all the way to the Supreme Court and then Justice Scalia died. So they pulled the court, they pulled the case back and then Mark Janice stepped up to the plate and that's the one that was heard before, um, before the United States Supreme Court in February, February 25th, I think it was. It was a Monday. Uh, it was the same week. They were out in D.C. the same week we were out in D.C. And then at the end of June to come back with two huge wins, uh, Minnesota Voters Alliance v. Mansky and then uh, Janice v. Asme. Those are huge wins. These cases aren't cheap, folks. We need your help. We need you to support these things. And we need you to show up for a celebration of Janice v. Asme, Asme and that's on Monday, September 17th, uh, American Experiment has all the details for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Then I want to get into some of the things we learned from the fair, uh, which th- we weren't even there. But I'll tell you, um, we learned a lot. Not only did we get the survey results, and I'll tell you, we had better questions and better answers from the Minnesota Senate than we did from the Minnesota House, uh, but we had some great debates. Uh, Jim Newberger was telling us um, about his debate with Amy Klobuchar, and I uh, quickly updated it to Jim Newberger, ate Amy Klobuchar for lunch during that NPR debate, but we had a lot of good good debates, and, and not only for the Senate candidates, but also for the governor's race, for the um, for, for a whole bunch of races. So we'll we'll talk about all of that when we come back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I have one more action alert for you to do because this just irritates the heck out of me. Uh, the Republican Governors Association decided now that Tim Pawlenty got crushed like a bug in the primary that they were yanking their millions of dollars out of Minnesota, which is so foolish, so short-sighted, and so absolutely ridiculous. I'd like you to contact them. So I don't care if you call them. I don't care if you write them. I don't care if you email them. I don't care if you text them. Whatever you do, um, you know, and I, and I would like to repeat again, hey, Tim Pawlenty, where are you? Huh? Huh? Where are you, Tim Pawlenty? You think he's hiding out with Hillary? You think and he's a sore? Each other? Yeah, walking in the woods somewhere. Yeah, sore, Reading a book loser. Together. Promised that he would help Jeff. And, you know, where, where's all this money that uh, he was going to help? T- Tim Pawlenty was going to help Jeff on the campaign trail, help him win in Minnesota, help him meet some of the big donors. Yeah, Tim Pawlenty hiding. Nowhere to be found. And shame on the Republican Governors Association. Clearly shows how out of touch they are as well. Minnesota is ripe for the picking, absolutely ripe for the picking. And apparently the Republican Governors Association is too stupid to realize that. I really appreciated the comment that Jeff Johnson had when he heard that. He said, Frank, 
frankly, if there are D.C. Republican strategists that don't have faith in the campaign, it doesn't bother me all that much because these are the same guys that said he that said I'd lose the primary by 20 points. Johnson went on to say, I don't think they have their finger on the pulse of Minnesota or Minnesota voters very well. Nailed it, Jeff Johnson. Absolutely nailed it. So. If you want to write to the Republican Governors Association, 1747 Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest, Suite 250, if you're in the car driving or whatever. Uh, this is posted on my Facebook page as well. That's in Washington, D.C. Their telephone number, 202-662-4140, or you can email them, info at org. So there's your action alert item for for the event. I really missed not being at the fair. Holy cow, two million people went there this year. They broke an all-time attendance record. And um, now, did you go this year? I did not go once. I have had a crazy busy schedule. I missed it. I missed it a lot. I missed the people. I missed the food. I missed the exhibits. I missed... I didn't miss the parking, and I didn't miss... Oh, parking was horrible. Yeah. I went down there last Friday night. And uh, it was bad. Did you see a concert? Yeah. What concert? Uh, it was the Journey guy. Oh, yeah, nice. I got a real corn dog. That was awesome. <laughs> well, Not the Prano Pop. There I know. is a difference. I know. I won't eat Prano Pops. I eat corn dogs yep. myself. Yep. Do you remember the year we were out at the State Fair, and it was the Kiss Lookalike concert? concert or it was the Kiss concert, but then yeah, also it was the, the Lookalike. Oh, my gosh. It was so hilarious. And I love the amateur talent shows. I love all the new things on a stick. I love the new beers. I love the old standbys that I eat all the time anyway and yeah i missed it i hope we figure something else out for so what did we find out about the the goofball politicians out there okay it was we actually did we actually did because the candidates were out there a lot i think jeff johnson was out there every single day and the and tim waltz was out there and jeff johnson were out there and we really really got a good Good opportunity to see what a distinct difference there are between these two. And I'll tell you what my takeaway, I do not trust Tim Waltz on health care. I do not trust Tim Waltz on immigration. I do not trust Tim, uh, Tim Waltz on guns. I do not trust Tim Waltz on the gas tax. So are you, are you noticing the picture here? Are you getting the idea? I don't trust Tim Waltz. And, um, okay, you may say he's a nice guy. I don't care. He almost lost in CD1 and now they think he's going to win a statewide race. I don't think so. I think Minnesota is ripe for the picking. I think Jeff Johnson is positioning himself, uh, in, into that position. And I really appreciate that Jeff Johnson is not backing down. Tim Waltz comes out and says, I want Minnesota to be a sanctuary state. And Jeff Johnson comes out and says, no way. Minnesota, I will never allow Minnesota to be a sanctuary state. Or t- Jeff Johnson comes out and he says, no way on the gas tax increase. And you just, you never really know which Tim Waltz is, is, is going to show up there. So, um, and I know, I know Stan, want you want to, you want to see some of the, hear some of the debates that were out there. I encourage everyone to go find a few of them. 
It was disgusting during the NPR debate, right when when Tim Waltz was going to get to a part talking about uh, guns, something that he's flip-flopped on multiple times. Uh, all of a sudden, NPR had to take a commercial break. And when they came back, they never even got to that part. And you have Tim Waltz coming out talking about as the harvest begins in Minnesota, he wanted to thank the farmers for feeding, fueling, and clothing our country. I don't know how many times I have to tell these politicians you don't burn food for fuel you don't burn food for fuel it just drives me absolutely crazy and tim waltz is real good like so many democrat politicians that they're going to pass common sense gun safety legislation what does it mean what does it mean or we have to fully fund education what does that mean what does that mean translate it in or tim waltz wants medicare for or yeah medicare for all really how much does it cost and once people find out how much it costs, all of a sudden, it's not the utopian dream that Tim Waltz is is promising to do there. I don't trust Tim Waltz on health care or immigration or guns or the gas tax or many other things. Uh, and I think you've got a chance to see the clear difference out there. Uh, this past week, you saw the Republican AGs, uh, August 29th, I guess it was, came into Minnesota and, and basically set up shop and it, they registered as an independent expenditure group, which means they're going to spend money on the, on the open state attorney general's race. This is huge. This is so great for Doug Wardlow. Ellison, it's just absolutely crazy that the Democrats still uh, still back Keith Ellison. Obviously, the Me Too movement is a sham. Uh, if they're if they need their politician to be elected because of his progressive ideas, uh, they are all on board. I've been out door knocking. I've had a few people say I will never vote for Keith Ellison. And by the way, these aren't Republicans who are telling me this. Uh, and and I think I think people understand that. Keith Ellison is a serial domestic abuser, and I think they understand that Keith Ellison wants to use the office for political issues, and that is not what it's intended for. We were we were promised by the DNC and by Ken Martin and by all our Democrat politicians that they were going to look into these Ellison allegations. Not only the allegations, the current allegations, but the allegations from 10 years ago, 10 years ago, where we have a 911 call on Keith Ellison and and we haven't heard boo. We have not heard boo. And it's really unusual because the Democratic Party uh, has plenty of uh, of people in it who respect and value Keith Ellison and and saying, yeah, it's OK. He, you know, yeah, whatever. It, it's OK. Uh, and this is an opportunity for an opportunity for, you know, we're we're not going to tolerate this kind of stuff either. There are also a bunch of house races that I want people to start paying attention to. One of the most targeted house races is Dario Anselmo. He's running in Edina. He is the top of the DFL target list. And I'll tell you, if Dario wasn't, Democrats aren't going to vote for you. They just aren't. They got another person who's further to, le- to the left. Oh, Companies need to be reined in from targeting our youth in order to increase their sales. Just get out. If tobacco sales are your number one priority, you obviously don't have your pulse uh, on what's important in your district and in the in the state of Minnesota. Are you kidding me? Do you not see how many different uh, different 
um, issues there are that absolutely need to be addressed. I also want to give a big shout out to Dave Hughes in CD7. He's running against Colin Peterson. Just won that last time. He wasn't wasn't he just on with us a couple couple weeks back? We'll have to get him back on again. Colin Peterson's another one, uh, like so many of them, that have just been there for far too long. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the survey results. And I want to tell you a little bit about the public subsidy payments. These are shocking numbers. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue, Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.